Hello, and thank you for joining the second episode of The Conch Spotlight. We at The Conch, we're on a mission to break stereotypes and showcase inspiring and empowering women through fashion. And today, um, we're super excited to actually have one of our style icons, Arjita, with us. Thanks for having me, Lavi. It's great to be here. And thank you so much for joining us. So we'll get started right away. Now, Arjita, what does the conch represent to you? Uh, that's, that's a great question. So I think um, conch has been very interesting for me, Lavi. I've uh, gone through uh, seeing stories of these different icons who come from different fields. You know, we, we think of success in a box mostly when we think, oh, if you're a CEO, you're successful. Oh, if you're an engineer, you're successful. If you're a scientist, you're successful. Whereas Khan shows you're empowered and successful no matter what profession you are in. And that is really, you know, th that's what resonates with me. So thank you for doing that at the Khan. Of course, it's of really course. special. And, and how have you perceived fashion, um, you know, throughout you know, your career, throughout your upbringing. Would love to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, fashion and I had a very, very interesting journey, at least for the first uh, 20 years of my life. I've been very uncomfortable with it, um, majorly because uh, there are certain stereotypes on how women should dress up. And, uh, you know, when you're in high school, you're, you're going through whole of this, uh, I need to fit in, I need to look like everyone else. and. Uh, it's just a really tough time. So I think I've had a very, very bad relationship with fashion for the first 20 years. But after that, I realized that I'm my own person and there is a certain way that I feel comfortable and that can be fashion too. And I realized, I think in the last five, six years that fashion could just be what you are comfortable in. At the same time, it makes you feel empowered and uh, it just, uh, uh, you know, says you. So for me, what says me as as a founder, as Arjita, I just feel like that is fashion. And and in terms of the you know the feeling of being empowered, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our, our mission is to bring you know these empowering and inspiring women mm -hmm. um, to hopefully have them as you know role models for mm -hmm. people that are watching. Um, you know, have you had role models uh, growing up? Yeah, I mean, all throughout my life, I think. Uh, um, my biggest role model and the first one that I can remember is my mom. I, she was the first person I saw as a CEO. Um, my dad was in the army, so it was like she was a single mom, uh, taking care of a company, running it successfully, taking care of two kids, and in Delhi, you know, almost 20 years ago where this was unheard of. So seeing her and then joining her as a co-founder, I think I have uh, really learned so much, so much of my startup lessons so much of my life lessons have come from her but and at that time there was no internet and twitter and you know all we had was access to news but now in the last five years that i've moved here and i've got access to all this information i get to find a role model every day like my latest one is probably katrina lake with stitch fix her fundraising journey and how she bootstrapped her startup how she created her startup and uh, how she's actually running it today. It's fascinating. It's in inspiring and it seems like anyone can do it And it, you know your mother being such a powerful force in your life You know, what does it take for women to lead a powerful life, you know today? That's that's a very interesting question because I have uh, thought about that question a lot in my life and I've uh, realized 
And it might not be the right answer, but I think uh, everybody has a different definition when it comes to being empowered or feeling powerful and feeling that equity. Uh, and there is no right answer. Uh, you can be in a corporate job, you can be an engineer, you can be a CEO and you can feel empowered. And at the same time, you can be in all those three positions and not be empowered and still feel weak. So I think the answer is uh, to each their own and there is no definition. You don't need to look like a certain person to be empowered. In your own position, you can be empowered. I remember my grandmom, uh, she was a housewife in India uh, where she had four kids and she was in a joint family, but I feel she was so empowered. The way she educated me and she told me the lessons of uh, you need to be educated, you need to take care of yourself, you need to be financially independent. These are the lessons I got from her and I think she was empowered too. And, and having the, you know, the ability to make a choice um, and, and talking about choices, you know, throughout your kind of trajectory, um, you know, you were in physical therapy before mm -hmm. and now you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. So tell us about that. How did you make that switch from, you yeah. know, physical therapy to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I feel that this question has been uh, the highlight of my uh, weekend, actually. And uh, I was talking to my college friends back in India. We were having a video call and they kept asking me, now we see your life and everything. And they're like, why did you ever go to, you know, a medical school, do physical therapy? What was the point of it all? And to be honest, I've been uh, figuring that myself for the longest time. I've not told people that I was a physical therapist. I would never mention my undergrad because I just couldn't make that connection why it is there. But now the thing that I'm building, uh, it is for kids learning and education, yes, but it is also for kids fitness and holistic development and wellness. And that's where that background comes in. As for making the switch, I think, Lavi, there was never a switch. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 16. I was a full-time uh, entrepreneur, a co-founder with my mom while I was doing my undergrad. So I always knew this is what I want. I just did not know why I was doing physical therapy. But now I think I'm able to connect the dots a little bit. So, yeah. And, you know, in terms of kind of the choices um, and, you know, the things we come across in life, you know, two of the, the powerful forces that I'd say that we have in our lives are our spouses. Yeah. Um, and both of us, you know, have started companies and, you know, it's, it's very difficult with time. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, how has life been, um, you know, running a company with, <laughs> with your spouse? <laughs> um, well, we've been through seasons and ebbs and flows, of course. Uh, I would certainly say it's not for everyone. Um, it is, I, I think, a big, big... Um, communication force needs to be there. It needs to be open all the time. You need to understand that you're working on a mission together. It is something that you're going to build and it's going to change the world a little bit. Not, I mean, it's not gonna change the world overnight, but a little bit. And if that passion connects you, and that was the story how Anshul and I met and we started talking, like we connected over our passions for learning for kids and we realized that, yeah, great, we'd be great together building this. That being said, um, you know, when you're running a company and it's just the two of you, it's super easy. As you start adding employees, you start uh, adding investors, you start adding users, you start adding advisors, there are a lot of stakeholders. And at the same time, you have to manage your relationship. So I would say um, what has worked for both of us is we've, we've really decided to stick to our mission 
And if it takes longer, we're okay. We don't want to run this. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And for us, our relationship is as important as this startup. And as long as we focus on both of them together and balance it out, our mission is sacred to us. We and I stick to that. And I completely agree with, you know, the ebbs and flows and, and having someone to lean on, you know, exactly. through the difficulties. Exactly. Now, one of the difficulties um, that I'll bring up is, is something that's faced by, you know, so many entrepreneurs. Yeah. Funding. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. So how has funding been? And, you know, tell us about your journey and, you know, any tips or tricks, um, yeah. you know, for, for the audiences uh, that are tuning in. Well, well, wow. So I wish I could say it's really easy and it's really fun and it's so not like you, I, I would say it, it is a soul crushing experience fundraising and it is not for the lighthearted. Um, we have raised a couple of rounds. We did one round last year. We did one round this year and we are done. Like I'm, I'm done, <laughs> with done with fundraising. I just don't want to do it. Um, in terms of fundraising for tips and tricks, you need to be really thick-skinned. You need to take rejection and uh, understand that um, it's not about you. Don't take it personally. You cannot feel bad that your idea isn't good. It's just not a fit for certain people. And uh, not every idea, I would say, should go to a VC or is even investable, if that's a word. But uh, there are so many businesses out there that just can be bootstrapped and become really big. Or there are so many businesses out there that just need a little bit of money to kickstart and they can go ahead to actually build a sustainable revenue model. So I would say uh, investor relationships are really hard, especially when you give someone some equity of your company or stake of your company. You're giving a part of your company, that means you're accountable. You have to tell them what's happening. Every penny is accountable. So the freedom goes away, but at the same time, you need people who believe in your vision. Like right now, our investors, our angels, our VCs, one thing was very important. Uh, they believed in us and they believe in our mission. So they're not pushing us towards, hey, make money over overnight. They want to be in this thing for a long time. They want us to take time. So you need those right stakeholders as investors. Um, don't just get them for money, get them for expertise. What can they offer besides money? Because if it is just money, that's not a motivation big enough for you to have a relationship for at least 10 years. You know, it is kind of a marriage. Yeah, and those are you know great tips for anyone starting a company or you know starting to look for funding. Yeah. Now, throughout your journey, is you know, is there that one or maybe you have more than one, and I'm sure you definitely do, but is there that one lesson, um, you know, that you've gained that you'd like to share, um, you know, throughout your journey? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it depends on the moods of uh, founder journey or the, the, the time I'm in. And at this point, when I'm actually thinking of, you know, not running too fast and uh, taking it slow, I would, I said this before, it is a marathon, not a sprint. So you don't need to burn out, take care of yourself. You are, you are the biggest asset that this company has at this point. If you're not there, who's going to run it? So I would say take care of yourself. It is super difficult, yes. Um, surround yourself with people who um, 
really care about you and find those people. Sometimes find people who are in a similar journey, like some of my friends are people who are founders, who are in this space as well, so they understand. And some of them are not founders because sometimes I don't wanna talk about startups, I wanna talk about general life, and that's where it is. Uh, the other thing is focus, discipline is very important. If uh, you're not in it for a long time, if you think this is something that you're gonna make money off, that may happen eventually in life. If you're successful, only 0.1% of startups actually end up making money. So uh, don't do it for the wrong reasons. Do it because you're belie uh, believing in something and make sure you're talking to your uh, users. Most of the startups, when they start building something out, they wanna build a cool product. They forget the users. Who are your users? Talk to them every day. Mm -hmm. um, I There was a point where I would talk to um, or interview at least 20 moms every week. Now it has become way lesser because we've got a huge customer base. We've reached a product market fit. But even before you invest in your product, find out who your user is. You know, Develop that, do that customer development and spend time. And in terms of uh, you know your startup equally, um, We'd love to hear any updates, um, any announcements that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we actually released our very early beta earlier this year. And now we, we did a couple of tests and we've got a lot of insights from our moms, from the kids, from the dads. They've told us a lot of things. So we are back into production for our next uh, uh, version of the game. And uh, our waitlist is open. So anytime anyone wants to sign for the waitlist, uh, we are going to be releasing something in 2020. So we are very, very nice. excited very about nice. yeah, that. And definitely, you know, we'll share with our um, audiences and definitely have Absolutely. them sign up. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw in a little curveball question now. You know, you brought up the concept of, you know, having your group and, mm -hmm. you know, you've been chatting with other founders. Yeah. Now, this is a question I like to I like to pose. You know, we're, we're putting so much time and effort into so many things and sometimes you don't get the result that you want. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're just at the right place at the right time. Yep. Now, in terms of your journey, um, being at the right place at the right time or your actual you know, hard work and determination, which one has played more of a role in your life? I would say both. You need to work hard at the right time, at the right place. And that's what people are going to be looking at. Um, I, I mean, my life has been all about that. Like coming here, when I started doing my master's, um, I was always passionate about education. I did not know where to start, but the college that I was doing master's in, they have this annual million dollar prize on different topics. And the year that I joined for my master's, the topic was education for kids. And I knew that was the right time and the right place. And we went ahead to become actually one of the finalists for their online challenge. We raised $20,000 in four days on a crowdfunding campaign. But had that thing not been there, I would have been working really hard on my challenge, but I wouldn't have been able to get that traction. The second thing, when we released Da Vinci Club, we got success because so many parents were worried that their kids will become screen zombies and they will not move. Mm -hmm. Had I released this product five years ago, it wouldn't have mattered. I would have just been another game. But now parents care because it is the right time. So I would say uh, it has to be both. It, I mean, in many cases, you do listen to some some stories that were like, oh, he just had an idea and raised money, but there's so much more to it. Like even Steve Jobs' story, it's so, um, 
people just think he just built this overnight and he raised money and he was able to get to a million and a hundred million people. That's not true. Yeah, of course. He worked really hard. Of course. Yeah. And those words of wisdom definitely hit home with anyone that's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and speaking of words of wisdom, is there any message that you'd like to give our audience? Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you, Ravi and Rafia, for having me at the Conch. Uh, your mission just aligns with my core values so much. Uh, so thank you for that, and thank you for making me a small part of your big journey. I can't wait to see where you all go from here and what, what the Conch becomes. Um, in terms of, you know, uh, for the audience, I share my journey as a founder, as an entrepreneur, on my blog, on my website, but majorly on Instagram and Twitter. So feel free to follow me. Um, I do something called the hashtag my experiments with entrepreneurship and uh, would love if any one of you have any questions around you know, how it is to run startups. I also mentor a lot of startups, Lavi. So if anybody's looking for help in their early stage with customer development, with marketing, um, hit me. I would love to uh, talk to you. Thank you, and it was an absolute pleasure having you on The Con Spotlight, Episode 2. So, uh, just for our audiences, thank you so much for joining us, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Con Spotlight.